Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. It's a short week this week for Oregon State. They will be at home where they have been very good. 13 out of 14, uh, the last 14 at, at Research Stadium. Jonathan Smith here to talk about Friday night's game against Utah. He joins us. How are you, man? Yeah, doing solid. Like you say, short week and cramming a lot in, but we're looking forward to Friday for sure. Now, we normally talk on a Wednesday, but we're talking on a Tuesday because you play on a Friday. (laughs) You're a rhythm guy. Coaches are all this way. Like, when you do see that Friday coming on the schedule, and this is not the first time it's happened, like, to, how does how does that affect you, or where do you find the extra day in the week? Right, you know it it affects things when we try to pl- you know kind of cram two days into one at the front end of the week, and so got back from Pullman about midnight Saturday night, and then Sunday we treated like a Monday, so quickly digesting the game, but that was really players' day off, and then Monday of this week we treated like Tuesday morning, so all the game planning for kind of normal down and distance type took place on Sunday, introduced it on Monday. We we did tweak our practice Monday to be a little bit lighter than normal because it is short week. They you know they played a game less than two days before that. And then what we treated today was pretty normal. We were in pads, kind of what we normally do on a Wednesday, and then it would be about the same tomorrow practice-wise. So just cramming a lot of the game planning uh, on the front end of the week is, is different. I'm talking to people at Utah who say that they still don't know if it'll be Cam Rising this week. They thought it was going to be Rising last week. He still has not been medically cleared, although he is practicing. They're trying to knock the rust off. How do you prep for that offense with the film you have versus, okay, if Cam does play, then, you know, how different is it? Um, you know, there there's some definitely similarities to what they were doing with Cam last year and, and some of the plays and concepts they're running, personnel groups they're running in the first four games. Um, and, you know, the other piece is Cam's pretty dynamic moving around, pulling the ball, extending plays. He, you know, he's a good passer, in-the-pocket decision-maker, leader, but he also is pretty athletic. So that's not totally different to, you know, what they're playing with right now. That guy can move. Uh, make some throws. Um, so it may be a call or two different if Cam's in the game versus not. But overall, um, you know, you're playing, preparing for a Utah offense. You guys, you know, you've been really good at home. Utah's good at home. Oregon's good at home. What is it to the home field? What is it about? Because I, I have to think it goes beyond just you've got your crowd rooting behind you, although that's a, a part of it. Yeah, you know, the crowd makes a difference. Uh, communication, the effect of communication. Uh, you know, with the, all that when you're on the field, even from the sideline, communication, personnel groups, or play calls, uh, it makes it more difficult. Uh, I think the home team there is there's a comfort level, knowing you know the environment, locker room, travel, uh, all of that leading into making it. It's definitely tougher to win on the road than than at home. I would think. Uh, all right, you're going on the road on a short week, would be especially bad. Like because of the logistics of the travel. Am I am I overthinking that? Uh, it's, you know, probably not ideal. Same, I imagine they're doing something similar, cramming a lot of the preparation or just on the front end of the week, um, getting over here. And the way college football teams travel, 
there's a comfort. I mean, the, the flights are nice, the hotel's nice, things like that. Um, we're definitely counting on our crowd, the atmosphere being a huge advantage for us. Uh, you know, first week of school, the students completely back. Uh, we're definitely counting on a home field advantage that way. Last Saturday, you guys got a nice TV number in the game against Washington State. You probably didn't play as well as you'd hoped. When when you broke the film down, when you looked at it, area where you think you could you you could make the biggest improvement from last week to this week is where? Yeah, that's good. I mean, all three phases that comes to my mind on on ways we gotta gotta improve. I do think this overall theme is just we had some self inflicted things that did not help our cause. I mean, we busted our eyes in coverage early in the game, gave up a 60-yard touchdown. That was That's really on us. Um, we can't execute a toss from the quarterback to the running back on third and two, and we got, a, I think, a pretty good crease in the way it was blocked. turns into fourth and eight. Uh, you know, things of that nature. I always want to say, and I want to do it here again, credit to the opponent we were playing. I did think they played really well. The quarterback played really well. The wideout making plays. I mean, there's some contested plays, those guys. Uh, made, um, and that's how the, I think these league games are going to be. This thing is going to be overly competitive. These games are going to be tight. We got to do, make sure we're not hurting ourselves um, because it, it, it can be a difference. Yeah, I, I look at the quarterback play for Cam Ward, and you're right. It was he was a different and a better player than I remember him being a year ago. He's taken a step forward with the coordinator. How do you get your guy DJ Uyengalele? How do you get DJ more comfortable? Yeah, we uh, want to continue to do that. Um, and again, it, it comes with time, with reps, with you know, getting a couple extra, uh, you know, because he's in the first year of a scheme. You know, we don't have a backlog of, of a scheme that's similar in year two. Um, I do think the run game helps him. Uh, at the same time, because we do run the ball, doesn't give him as many pass attempts to get kind of in a rhythm or or uh, or comfortable. We've got to make a couple plays before him on the outside to boost the confidence of the passing game, and we're definitely working on all that. Any shot you'd get Aiden Childs in there a little more, or as a former quarterback, do you worry about you know a guy being able to play without looking over his shoulder, or how do you balance that if you want to give a change of pace? Yeah, I mean, you're, there's a lot to think about, in particular this position. At the same time, you know, we rotate at a lot of positions, right? I mean, receivers going in and out of the game, tight end, running back. We even sprinkled some at the old line the first few weeks, do it on defense. But you don't want to, like we're describing, at the quarterback, there's something, too, to getting into the rhythm, being out there, understanding the game, and learning from one third down to the next. Um, so it's a balancing act. There's no question that we feel... Uh, obviously confident with DJ as he continues to go out there. We feel we do. Aiden's a good player. He's played a little bit. And so there's considerations at every position. Uh, if there's a time and place you want to put somebody out there. Is it different with a QB, though? Because, you know, if it's a defensive tackle, you can just run a guy in there for a series and, heart, you know, not a, the media's not making a big deal about it. And your your D tackle is just saying, hey, I'm getting a breather. And But you do it with a QB, then all of a sudden you're you're potentially messing with somebody's confidence. Well, yeah, there's no question on the media side, the attention of it. Uh, it's different. I'm not here to say it's not. I think internally on this team, you know, I think I don't think our locker room would be up and down if it were if it were to take place. But there's no question it would get way more attention on the media side. All right. Uh, when you see Utah on film, what do you see? 
Yep, uh, kind of similar. Uh, let's start defensively. I mean, physical. They know that scheme inside and out. They make you earn it. Um, can get, apply pressure just with a couple of guys rushing, let alone when they want to pressure heavy, six, seven guys at times. I mean, they got great pride over there, and they've been playing elite defense. I mean, you look you just at the numbers over the four games, let alone the film. What they've been doing to suffocate people—it's impressive. Offensively, similar. I mean, can make it physical in the run game. Got a couple guys outside that they can run and make plays. The quarterback—I think he just continues to get better and better. He can be scary with his feet, but he's making more and more throws. I do think watching UCLA—they look pretty good on defense. Um, so that was a—that was a challenge. Um, but again, Utah—it's not going to beat themselves, and you're going to have to flat out earn wins against these guys. Yeah, when I when I look at you know the upcoming games that you have, and you know I, I look at the long view, but you're trying to get your guys focused on the short view. Is that a challenge for a coach these days, or do you think most guys have been through high school programs where they've been asked to focus week to week, and is that less of a concern now? You know, I don't know if it goes to the high school part. We definitely start this conversation early. I mean, August first of like what's immediately in front of us is what we can control and try to so more and more of that message needs to sink through. It's helpful that we've got enough older guys on this team that I think they've bought into that thought. That, you know, it's a long game. It's a long season. And so approaching it for this week, having some consistency in your process, I think that's what ultimately you control. You don't control the results. Um, and the results can't dictate your, your approach to the next next week. And so consistency this week this is what we've got we'll figure out what you know what next week's opponents um, what they look like you look back at the end of last game you guys closed it tight late in the game thought you were really aggressive I liked that you know in the situation you were in going for the touchdown there at the end to, to try to get back in it you obviously don't want to be in that situation but do you take away some confidence with how you guys closed the gap at the end of the game you know, I don't know if it's confidence. Yes, I'll say it this way. There's confidence that this team is going to play to the end. They understand, yeah, we were down and down with three scores, you know, third quarter. Um, and to battle back within one score is something that, you know, we gotta, we're going to have to do that. we got to play well in the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, some things before that did not help us out. And even in the fourth quarter, we had we had chances to keep it, keep it tighter. But... Um, you learn from each week, gain some confidence, and gain some understanding of things you got to get better. All right, I've been asking all the coaches I talk with this week the same question because a bunch of was made of this by, by national media. Uh, you know, Keyshawn Johnson was talking about coaches calling, coaching friends, getting intel on teams. Bruce Barnum was on earlier today. He said that's Sunday. He calls. He wants to know what you know what his friends who have coached against Montana State know about Montana State, how much in the fraternity do, do you and other assistants or maybe at different points of your career do you call around on game week to go, hey, what did you learn when you played, you know, fill in the blank, like this week it's Utah. What did you learn when you played Utah? Right. That, that's happening, isn't it? There's no question that's happening. Um, I would Sunday, even in the end of Monday after, uh, you know, getting, getting a little eyes on the tape, talking about calling – I mean, shooting all the way back, I can remember Brian Lingren, he's at the OC at Colorado, I'm at Washington, I'm the OC, we would talk almost weekly uh, in the, off of similar opponents, and sometimes I'd watch their game to be able to have a question or two, why he liked this or why he tried that, so that's, that's taken place uh, quite a bit. 
And I, I don't think it's that big a deal either. It's not like you're asking for – you're not going to implement the entire game plan. You're just saying, all right, what worked or what would you see? Yeah, it's a jump start. I mean, it's early – I mean, they just spent a whole week doing it, preparing for the opponent. And so to get a quick, more or less, uh, cliff notes um, – on what they thought about them, it's it's a huge. It can be really really helpful. Yeah, and so what do you think people are saying about you guys? Because you do the self scouting. <laughs> I do. Th- I know. I do think about that because you know we've had <laughs> we've had some consistency over five years schematically, and you know what we're doing, and and Utah's the same way, and and all that. Uh, it's out there. I mean, if we're we're making a call or two, and and I'm not saying it's every week, every coach on our staff's doing it, but when you got some trusted people. That, you know, on the other side, there's nuggets of information that you can learn. Now, I, I'm not at practice, but I'll tell you, I've had other Pac-12 coaches ask me, hey, uh, w- what's who's Oregon State playing at receiver? Or is so-and-so healthy this week? Like, you know, you're, everybody's looking for a little angle, but they're going to find out in the pregame anyway, aren't they? I mean, they're going to look over and see if, you know, two is suited up. Yeah, well, you, you are, but the earlier you know, I, I do think on this health, the personnel, who's playing, I mean, because some of the, you know, even the recognition for the quarterback, if the starting safety is going to play or not, you know, comfort level recognizing the coverage he's going to go against, sometimes schematically, especially if he's a good player, um, would make a difference on the type of plays you're going to run or how you're going to attack one side of the ball. So there's some valuable information with that. All right, so if I could peek into Utah's practice, I'm going to guess the thing we'd want to know is how does Cam Rising look? Does he look like he's ready? I mean, is that it, or is there is there, yeah. is there like a multitude? I mean, with, <laughs> is there a well, wish list? Cam, for sure. Yeah, that would be huge for, you know, how he looks slash his playing. But they've had a, multiple. The tight end's been out, you know, potentially yeah. he's getting closer. And Kyle's great at this stuff. He doesn't say a thing. Um, you know, he's just always oh, day-to-day. Or he's getting closer. We're anxious to get him. But you don't know. Uh, who's playing. Yeah. And I think, too, the thing that surprised me, because I went to their opener against Florida, and they had, like, 12 guys that weren't playing. And the thing I noticed was the drop-off from their ones to the twos wasn't that wasn't that far. And part of that is culture, yeah. and you guys are getting that, because I, I expected your defense in the early part of the year to have more troubles. And I what I took away from it was your twos were not bad last year, and you've closed yeah. that gap. Yep, all those reps for the twos, whether they're going through a redshirt year or any of it, there's some value there. I do think if your culture's at a good spot, there's a rallying cry when, you know, you got multiple guys down and guys are wanting to step up for the team, and, and Kyle's definitely, he's had that over there for a while. All right, I'll see if I can get into Utah's practice this week. You'll hear from me later yeah. in the week. Jonathan, Jonathan yeah, Smith. Shoot, shoot me yeah. a day. <laughs> you bet. All right. all right, thank you. I will see you Friday at the stadium. I'm going to broadcast live from Friday, so... Uh, three to six from your stadium, so it'll be fun to lead right into your kickoff. I appreciate you. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thanks. All right, take care. There he is, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State football coach. <laughs> if you can peek into practice, I have that. Like, I'm not at Oregon's practice. Okay, I'm doing a radio show. I'm not at Oregon State's practice, and I've had Pac-12 coaches who will reach out to me and go, "Hey, is so and so practicing this week?" I'm like, "I'm not at practice." And oh, by the way, that's not my role. Stay in your lane. Jonathan Smith and Oregon State uh, will have a big football game at Research Stadium on Friday. It's a Friday game, 6 o'clock kickoff. I will be live 3 to 6 p.m. on Friday with this radio show, live from the stadium. Tomorrow, Kyle Whittingham, Utah coach. I'll ask him about Cam Rising. Is he a go or no? Leave it here.
I was flipping around social media, and I'm kind of seeing it the way of people who are tired of the Taylor Swift talk, so I'm not going to go too far into it. But you know how in social media these days you can find like a hippo attacking a human. You can find uh, Pat McAfee talking about how bad the Monday night football was on Monday night. Was the Monday night football that bad? I kind of felt like the Sunday. Before they get into the flex games where they can pick better matchups, you generally do get some stinkers. I I don't want to see the Steelers and the Raiders. I don't want to see the Rams and the Bengals for a while. You know, like, was that bad football, the the late Monday night game, Stephen, in your mind? Yeah, yeah, I don't think there was... They didn't play well. It was a close game, so that makes it intriguing. But no, they it wasn't a well played football game. I don't. I, I'm not a big fan of this of the uh, the doubleheader Monday night games. I just I don't know. I don't I don't know why I don't like it. I just have a problem with. it. I was talking to Jude about that. Like I just why are they doing this? They needed to stop. I um I don't like it either because it's not traditional, and it messes with me. And I and I always see the early game as the junior varsity game because I went to high school. And so I see the I see the early game is not as important, like it's the undercard, and it's really not. It's the a very important in the crowd. Yeah, you know. I but I I was watching the Rams and the uh, Bengals late, and a lot of people are upset because there was no offense in the game, and then to start the second half, Rams kick returner fair catches the ball on the twelve yard line with nobody around him. Do you think you should be able to fair catch a kickoff? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I don't have a problem with it because I know what I know. The point of it is to not have kickoffs because they're trying to eliminate kickoffs in general because that's where all the injuries come from. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I, I like, I, you know, they they moved back to extra point, and I think that was a good move. I, I think if they can get rid of the kickoff, I think that probably it's. It can make it look so it's uh, they care about safety, right? Whether they do or not, okay. it's the appeal of, hey, we actually care. So just get rid of the kickoff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not Don't have it be like it, sometimes we'll return, sometimes we won't. But then, just, but then some of these guys are out of jobs is the problem then because some of these yeah. guys are really good at special teams. Well, they can still do punts, punt return, punt team. You know, I don't know. I, I just I, the offenses were struggling so badly in that game last night, especially in the first half. Was it six six? And uh, and then you get the second half kickoff, and the guy fair catches the ball. Like no, don't fair catch that. Like your best offense right now is your special teams. You have a chance to advance the ball here. But I just I, that game was a bit of a snooze. I didn't think it was a great endorsement for early season football. It was funny to see kind of it end up tight at the end, end up being a closer game, especially at the end. And I, th- you know, I saw a stat too: seventy-five percent of the NFL games now in the second half uh, or in the fourth quarter, seventy-five percent of the games so far this season uh, have one team within seven points of the other in the fourth quarter. And there's like something like six games that have gone down to the uh, final seconds uh, with teams trying to score. So they're they're definitely trying to create some parity. But amid that, we've got some games that are, have just not been that interesting, including, you know, one team got a 70-burger put on them. I mean, the Dolphins putting 70 on the Broncos, pretty damn embarrassing to see that happen. And then, meanwhile, you got some other games that, you know, everything's close. So, I don't know. I was kind of looking at the end of the game, and I saw the Rams, you know, facing a potential of being down by, 
you know, 10 points, and I thought, well, they're, certainly they'll score a touchdown and make this a three-point game, and then we'll get an onside kick, and you know, because that's just kind of how the NFL goes. I think it's good for the game, but I also... We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.